Good morning. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Thank you, Brad. I'm doing quite well. Good to, good to see you, too. Great to be with you guys. I'm Rob Sweet, one of the pastors, one of the teaching pastors here at Fellowship. I also have Eric Hoffman, our executive pastor, and we are going to be with you together this morning. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that, why that is, in just a few minutes. But first, let me just welcome those of you that are guests. We're glad that you're here. You've come to Fellowship on actually a great day to visit Fellowship. It's our Vision Sunday. So if you're curious about this church, great day to find out more about this church. We hope you've had an opportunity already maybe to look at the program. There is a a card on the inside called the Worship Response. You can tear that off, fill out some information. And for everybody in the room, if you have a prayer request, any kind of prayer request, write that on that Worship Response. We would love to pray with you and for you throughout the week. And you can just hand that in at the end of the service at our Connect Point in the lobby on the way out on your left. Actually, on your right. On your right, not your left. Now I'm confused. Well, everybody also should have in on their seat one of these cards with the letter A on it. We're going to tell you why you have that at the end of the service. You're also going to need some kind of writing utensil. If you didn't bring a pencil or a pen, you could find one every third seat in the seat back pocket in front of you. Dig around in there, probably find one. We'll need those pens back at the end of the service. I'm telling you this now because I know I'll forget by the end. And then one more quick announcement. This Sunday, next Sunday, a week from today, we're going to be having our annual membership gathering. So if you are a member, you should have gotten an invitation. If for some reason you did and come let us know because we want to get our records right. But all the members of fellowship are gathered for a membership gathering. This isn't a meeting. It's not a business meeting. It's not voting. It's any of that stuff. It's just to celebrate together what God's doing, talk about next where we're going, etc. A lot of what we're talking about today, we'll also be talking about next Sunday. And we'll be just have a time of fellowship together over dinner. So if everybody could register, if you're planning to come, whether or not you need childcare or not, we need you to register for the membership gathering. More information is in your program and also uh, in the, uh, on the website. You can find that out. All right. So why are we here, both myself and Eric? What is Vision Sunday all about? Well, we want to do something that we do annually at Fellowship Franklin. Every August, we talk about priorities for the year, where we're going as a church, celebrate what God's do, uh, done. And this is no different. But I will say this. This year, there's a couple unique things about it. Number one, we've been in this series together on Mark for the past 12 months. And the tagline is, Following the Servant King. Uh, the, the whole idea, that's the title of our series. And the question is, what does it look like for us to follow Jesus as individuals? Today we're going to ask the question, what does it look like for us to follow Jesus corporately? Follow Jesus as a body. The second thing that's unique about this season for us is we're in a season of change. We're in a season of transition. So the announcements that have been made over the last month or so about leadership transitions at Fellowship, what does that mean for us moving forward? Uh, That's a question that we've gotten a lot. What's next? And so this morning we're going to talk about that a little bit. What's next? What does it look like for Fellowship Bible Church, one church in three locations, to follow the Servant King together in the season that is to come? So that's what we're going to talk about. And here's your outline just to kind of know where we're going. We're going to talk about who we are, what we do, where we're going, and why it matters. Who we are, not individually, but collectively as a church. What we do, where we're going, and why it matters. So Eric's going to start off with a little bit around who we are. Yeah, so if if you're new here, I just want to give a, a, a quick kind of overview of who we are as Fellowship Bible Church. We are three congregations it is one church, and so we have Franklin here, Brentwood, and then Nashville, which is our most recent congregation. And so I want to take us back to answering the question of who we are 
uh, going back to kind of like the core of DNA, like why we started, but also kind of who we were when we started. And so I'll take you back to 1996 and then pull up a photo of the core group. This is in Franklin High School. This is the core group that meant to launch what is now Fellowship Bible Church. And so they were meeting as a core group, get this, for 18 months before they ever had their first public gathering as a church uh, to, to, to Franklin. And so when you think about that, why would they spend 18 months as a core group? Well, it's because they believed we are an equipping church. It's who we are. It's core of our DNA. We're going to equip the, the, those who God has brought to us to do the work of the ministry. It's not a staff-heavy uh, church. It's going to be uh, equipping the saints, as we're called in Ephesians 4. If you're, if you're curious, like, who's in this picture? Well, if you don't recognize the guy standing up in the very center, it's because he has hair, and it's Lloyd. That's Lloyd with hair. So if you ever wonder what Lloyd looked like with hair, there you go. You can kind of, like, zoom in on. And then uh, this is what they did. They put a car speaker uh, little kind of uh, on a stand, and that was their AV. So, like, that's, like, way back in the day. And so that's, that's what they're doing, 18 months. And so then when we launched as Fellowship Franklin, uh, when Melissa and I la- uh, moved up here to, to figure out where we're going to launch this campus, what, what are we going to do, what are we going to call, this, I'll give you, this is our first Sunday. We had met in the barn for six months as a core group of about 150, kind of preparing, hey, we want to reach Franklin, uh, and we want to move our mission and vision and express that in Franklin. So this was the first Sunday. It's kind of hard to recognize the, the building in some ways. The, the colors are different, all sorts of different things. But when we get down to the, the root of answering the question of who we are, the thing I want you to come away with is we are an equipping church. And that's what we want to get back to. So what does that mean? Well, if you have your Bible, would you turn to Ephesians 4, uh, verses 12 through 16? It's a very popular um, verse talking about the church and how does the church express itself. And so when we talk about ministry, we talk about the church, we talk about who we are as a core DNA of Fellowship Bible Church, we typically come to this passage to talk about what do we do. Verse 12, that we would equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ, until we attain unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So who we are is an equipping church. That's what they launched. That's why they spent 18 months focusing on. That's why we launched. And so here's the thing we want to get back to. We really want to focus in on us being an equipping church. So what does this mean? Us as staff and pastors, we want to equip you. Have you ever thought about yourself as a saint? That's what, that's what they're called. And so think about you are the church. Those who put their faith and trust in Christ, we are the church. We want to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So who we are, we're an equipping church. We want to get back to that. So today we're going to be talking about what does that look like? If that's who we are, then what do we do as an equipping church? And so Rob's going to talk a little bit about what we do as a church. So every organization needs to answer that question, right? 
Why are you here? What do you do? What are you all about? If you've ever, ever thought about it this way, the church has a huge advantage compared to, uh, to businesses and other organizations because the answer's been given to us. We don't have to figure out what we're called to do. What is this work of the ministry, work of service that Eric's been talking about in Ephesians 4? We already know what it is, and it's described a lot of places throughout the New Testament, probably none more clearly than Matthew chapter 28. And so take your Bibles, if you would, flip to the left. And uh, you're going to be going to the final of the gospel, or the first of the gospels, rather, Matthew, in the very final chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. And many of you that have been believers around fellowship for a while, you hear Matthew 28, and you're like, I know where he's going. It's the Great Commission, and that's exactly right. So the very end of Matthew's gospel, he tells us what Jesus said to his disciples right before he ascended into heaven, right before he went up into the clouds. These were his words. And I'm going to read you three verses, and then we'll just unpack them for just a few minutes. They're going to answer the question, what do we do? What are we called to do? And here it is, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. Now, just observe a couple of things in this text with me. Jesus starts his conversation by saying, All authority has been given to me. Now, how could that be? Well, obviously, he's God. He's the second person of the Trinity. But even beyond that, he's just raised from the dead. He's just defeated death. So someone that can defeat death, someone that has that kind of power, that kind of authority, can do anything they want to in the whole universe with that kind of authority. They're untouchable. The grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. Now, here's what Jesus is saying. All that authority is mine, and you know what I'm going to do with it? Equip you. All that authority is mine. I'm going to commission you. I'm going to send you to do my work because I'm going, right? Physically speaking, I'm going. Now, he says at the end, I'm going to continue to be with you. He's talking about his spirit, right? So Jesus physically is going to ascend into heaven. He's going to send the spirit to be with them, the spirit of Christ, as scripture refers to it uh, in a couple different places. So here is our commission to go and make disciples. So what are we called to do as the church? Make disciples. What do we do? Make disciples. What are we called to do? What's our purpose for being? Make disciples. And what does that look like? Well, there's an evangelism component, right? We proclaim our faith and we baptize those that put our faith in Christ. Then there is this maturing in the faith component, teaching them, verse 20, to observe or obey all that I commanded you. And I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus had been with these men for three years. He taught them an awful lot, but Jesus himself was also the Word in flesh, according to John chapter 1. So the Word from the beginning was now the Word in flesh, and so when Jesus says, teach them to obey all that I commanded you, he's talking about his words, and he's talking about him as the Word. So this is why we teach the Bible, one of the reasons why we teach the Bible the way we do, expositionally, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph. It's a core to who we are as a church. It's going to stay a core of who we are as a church. This is one reason why we do it. It's a part of making disciples to teach people all of God's word from Genesis 
through revelation. How are you going to hear from God if you're not being exposed to God's word? And, and I've said this before. I want to say it again. You need to hear from God far more than you need to hear from me or Lloyd or Eric or anyone else that might have this stage as a teacher. And so we teach God's word in this way because it's about this word, not about our words. So this is what it looks like to make disciples. Evangelize, baptize them, and then train them up. Teach them, equip them. That's what we're about. We're an equipping church that answers the who question. We make disciples that answers the what question. And you're going to see a theme throughout all of these. We're going back to the basics because we believe it's time to go back to the basics. We believe there's been kind of a, a little bit of a mission drift, and that happens in every organization. So here we are at the 20-year mark of fellowship next spring. We're going back to who we are, what we do, and next we're going to talk about some more details around what it will look like for us to make disciples right here at Fellowship Franklin. So three kind of categories to think about what it looks like to make disciples. Adult discipleship, family discipleship, and local outreach. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things we're going to talk about next. Adults, families, local outreach. Yeah, when you're you're talking about going back to the basics, I was thinking about the Green Bay Packers coach. is Vince Lombardi, right? He gets up in front of his team and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. And this year we're going to learn what it means to, like, have the basics and go back over, play football. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we're going to focus in on, on this year is, is let's get back to the basics as a church and what does that look like uh, for us. And so last year, I don't know if you remember this, this is on our info desk, but this is the maturing in the faith flyer. And we talked about one of the, our discipleship strategies. So when Jesus gives us this great commission, he says, go and make disciples. Then he kind of like leaves us to like figure out how are you going to do that in your local context? Like how are you going to do that in Franklin, Tennessee in 2017 and 18. And so when we were talking about that, last year we, we said we want everyone to mature in the faith to take their next step. And so, so if, you're, if you're worshiping together on a Sunday morning, uh, when do you come to Explore, Connect, Join? But then serve. We want you to take your next step in serving in some capacity. So we talk about equipping church that you have been gifted by God to mature others in the faith that you like we actually need each other to use the gifts that God has given us to steward that so that we reach maturity so if if only if you just come on Sunday morning and you just listen to us and then you go home we will not reach full expression of the church that God has given us to be that's just how he's designed it we need each a part of the body maturing in the faith using their gifts and stewarding that to reach full maturity so We've talked about if you're not serving, take your next step and serve. Get connected in that way and mature in the faith in that way. Then I want to talk a little bit about groups and studies. We believe at Fellowship, so we've, we've done a lot of work in the last couple of years about how do people change. So we've, we've thought through this and we've, we've kind of launched some, some things around this. But we believe people change when they engage God's word together as God's people surrender to God's spirit to empower them to live the life that God's calling them to that we cannot live the life that Christ is calling us to on our own. It's actually impossible. So if you're frustrated as a Christian, and you're like, oh, I keep failing over and over again, it's because you weren't designed to live that in your own strength. It's actually impossible. You actually need other people, his spirit to empower you, and God's word to equip you in the truth and, and to guide you in all of life. And so as we've thought about that, it happens best in the context of community that we need one another to speak into our lives, a place where we can actually come and be known, but also walk in vulnerability with others, where we can have radical 
uh, trust with each other, with grace centered in that, with, where Christ is the center of that. And as we walk in community with others, that can look a number of different ways. We've, we've had uh, fellowship groups that we've launched every fall and spring at Connect, and we're still going to have that. So if you're not in a community of some form, we're going to be launching groups and studies and fellowship groups at Connect. And we just want to say, hey, to mature in the faith, take the next step. And one of that could be serving, one of that could be joining in a community. And why is that important? Because when you're known and you're actually encouraging each other to walk the life that God has for us, you're doing that as you surrender to God's word, as you open up your lives to one another, but you need each other to do that. And so we want to just encourage you guys to take that next step. So when we think about what Jesus has given us as the, the Great Commission to go and make disciples, well, how are we going to do that? We're going to call that our discipleship strategy. And so you saw, maybe you saw in the lobby, you saw this little, uh, where the, there used to be some toys and things like that. Now it's kind of drywalled right over on the left. Maybe you didn't see it. You'll see it on the way out. In a couple of weeks, that's going to be our resource center. We're actually going to have two visual representations of what we're going to do in family discipleship, which JJ is going to talk about. Rob's going to talk about in a minute. JJ is going to talk about in detail next week. But we're also going to have a place for adults where we have resources. We want you, we want to equip you to engage God's word, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week to engage each other in community. And so we're going to resource you uh, in that way. And so we're going to have some visuals of that. So our discipleship strategy is going to be clearly known and communicated so it's easy for you to see how do I take my next step in maturing in the faith. We want to be crystal clear about how do we equip you to take your next step in maturing in the faith with Christ. And so what I want to implore you to do, if you're not in community, not in a group or in a study or a home group, come to Connect September 10th. It'll be right after second service. You can register today, and we'd love to get you plugged in that. That would be just a simple task that you guys could step in and take the next step. Excellent. And they register online, correct? Mm-hmm. So put that on your calendar. If you're available for lunch on September 10th, get registered. You don't have to join a group if you come to Connect, but you'll at least learn more about it and other mm-hmm. opportunities to yeah, get connected right. at Fellowship. All right, so that's adult discipleship. I want to talk about family discipleship. And uh, this is the third year now that Eric and I have, in August, taken a Sunday to have kind of a vision Sunday. And two years ago, which was the first time we did this together, we talked about, we're dreaming of a family discipleship approach to equip moms and dads and grandparents and godparents and spiritual parents and mentors to disciple the kids that God's blessed us with. If you haven't noticed, we've got an awful lot of kids mm-hmm. around this campus. And we told you two years ago, hey, we're praying that God will lead us to a pastor that will come alongside, be a part of Fellowship Franklin, and begin this journey of helping us learn to equip families to disciple their kids better than we have been in the past. And God brought that man to us. J.J. Jones has been here for about a year. And some of you have gotten to know him. Others of you haven't had a chance to uh, yet, but you will. And so Eric mentioned next week J.J. will be here. During the announcement time, J.J. is going to tell you a little bit more about our family discipleship strategy. But I want to right now just tell you about one piece of that that I'm terribly excited about. It's in your program. If you can just pull out this insert. We're going to have our first ever parenting summit coming up in September. So Saturday, September 23rd. If you are available, 
or if you can get available, <laughs> clear your calendar. And I want to tell you why I'm so excited about this. Um, when I think about my role as a pastor with Eric, with Lloyd, with JJ, with the other pastors, Tim Head and others here at, at Fellowship, when I think about what we do as equipping, I think we've got to give them practical tools. And as a parent, I don't know about you, but the number one area that I want practical tools right now as a parent is what to do with all the technology that's out there. When, when's the right time for my daughter to have a phone? How long should we let our kids play video games? You know, how much time should be allotted to that? What about social media? How do we encourage them and equip them and guard them and train them in a world that honestly none of us grew up in? This is one of the experts. A guy named Brian Hausman is one of the Christian experts, and he's going to do a workshop for us on tech-savvy parenting. And that's what Parent Summit number one is going to be all about. And uh, probably no better authority in the country that could come. He's written a great book on this as well. So come on September 23rd, our first Parenting Summit. And then we're going to start doing these more often because we want to give you practical tools. Here's the thing, guys. We live in a society where we outsource everything. We outsource our laundry. We outsource jobs. We do all these things. People come in and clean our houses. Some some of us do. We dare not outsource the spiritual development of our kids. Mm -hmm. Even to the church, right? The church's job is not to disciple your children. The church's job is to come alongside you and equip you and help you and walk with you as you disciple your children. And we're going to take that seriously. And we can't call you to that if we don't equip you for that. That's why JJ's here. And that's what we're going to be about. So couldn't be more excited about our family discipleship strategy. Yeah. And so in the um, resource center that's coming up, now don't think bookstore because we're not going to sell things. You can get it cheaper on Amazon anyway. And so you're just going to have some of the best resources out there uh, for adult discipleship and in children. So the tagline is going to be equipping parents to lead at home. Um, that's what the church and the home together, we believe we're better when we partner together. I'm excited for you guys to be here next week to, to hear JJ kind of give some more teeth and tangible in that. So the third part of like, how do we, how do we go and make disciples is we're going to call local, local outreach. And so this, um, in these past six years, we've grown and we've expanded ministry. And so when Melissa and I moved here and fellowship was talking about why launch uh, a, a conger- another congregation. Well, they were, they were filling up at Brentwood, and they said instead of building a bigger worship uh, auditorium to fit more people, we're actually going to take the church kind of to the community. So it was kind of driven by mission and vision to reach our community, to, so you guys could reach the people that you live closest to uh, with the gospel. And so that was, it was mission-driven. Well, this is what happened. I'm just going to kind of just be honest. with, with open, uh, open the kimono, I guess, so to speak. When we launched, we had 150 uh, people. We launched. In that first year, we went from 150 to 550 people. And what happened was our focus from being outward-centric and, and focusing on how do we reach our community immediately went to how do we minister to all these people that are coming to our church? And honestly, what happened was we started inward-focusing. How do we develop them? How do we mature them? How do we develop leaders to minister to all these people that God is bringing to us? So it's like a good problem to have, right? But the thing was, is it shifted our focus from the intention of why we launched to then become inward focused. And as we've been talking over the last year, we, we said we need to shift how we're, how we're thinking about that. So when Jesus says, go and make disciples, well, what does that actually entail? 
Let's not go and just tell people who already know me more about me. Go and proclaim the gospel so that they would come to faith, that you'd have baptized them, and then teach them. And so, yeah, we want to, there's people moving from all over the country here that are already believers that are here that we're going to minister to, we're going to disciple, and see them mature in the faith. But how do we as a church equip you to reach those in your neighbors, your coworkers, where you live, work, and play? How do, we, how do we live that out, our mission? And so we formed a team of about eight uh, to, t- to talk about this. Uh, so we've been meeting for the last year and went through the book, When Helping Hurts. How do we reach out to our neighbors? How do we reach out to our community? Uh, those people who we're not reaching, who will never come into the four walls of our church naturally. How do we reach our community? And so we've been talking about that. We've been looking at nonprofits and local organizations that we can partner with to have a local partnership that we actually kind of come alongside and, and breathe life into, and that they, they breathe life into us. And so it's a, it's a relationship with our neighbors that are in our community, and how do, we, how do we do that well? And so we've been narrowing that down to two or three, and so we're excited in a couple months to be able to kind of talk. This is what it's going to mean for us to have a local partnership or one or two or three local partnerships that we kind of own as Fellowship Franklin that we this is how we express giving our lives away, one of the tangible ways. And so you as a family can serve in here, and you can build relationships in this way. We want to make it very tangible, and so we've been doing a lot of work, and I'm so grateful for the team of eight. A lot of them are sitting over there, so thanks for walking with us for a year. I know you guys have been like, come on, let's, let's get this through already. And so we're going, to be, we're going to be talking about tangible expression of what does this look like. And so we're just getting back to how do we, how do we live out what Christ has called us to do in the context that he's done. And so the first thing that we did uh, two years ago was saying people are moving here because it's a family-friendly place. People are moving from California, Florida, all places around the country to come to Franklin. So let's take advantage of why they're coming for their families. Let's, let's, dis- let's reach the family. And then we also want to become an outward-focused church and, and kind of shift our focus back in that way. So if you think about that for a minute, you've got a focus on adult discipleship, helping people mature in their faith. We've got a family discipleship focus. We've got a local focus. And honestly, the local focus is not going to be new. It's going to be continuation of what we started. In fact, um, when we did Camp in the City this last year, yeah. we came to you and we asked for some money under this idea of love your neighbor. And Eric, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about, about that. that for a second. So we, we launched this initiative called Love Your Neighbor, which was kind of our first step into reaching out. And so if you remember, before Camp in the City came, we said, hey, we, want, we have this idea. We want to raise money for, for scholarshiping our neighbors so that you guys can invite your neighbors and it will be $75 to come to camp. And so we, we kind of launched this idea. And we, we were like, well, maybe we'll get like three, 4000 You guys raised, we raised $10,000 to scholarship people. Now, here's, here's the cool part about that. You guys actually went out and invited your neighbors to come. And so we had over 35 invitees that you guys invited come to camp in the city. Uh, and so they, they took advantage of, of that. And of that, 15 kids came to faith in Christ because of this initiative. That's awesome. So when, when we're, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so we're, we're talking about that. Yeah, I mean, from a, we know that from a human perspective, it, it's it, like, really, we need to, like, that happened because you guys responded and you guys invited and God's spirit worked in these kids' life and they responded in faith. And so we just want to say, we want to do more things to love our neighbors well. And that was just one expression of that. 
And so we just want, that's what we want to be about. We want to be introducing people to the hope that we have in Jesus, that they may come to faith, that then we get the opportunity to help them mature in the faith, that one day they'll mature and they'll give their lives away. And so here's the thing. There are families here at this church because their kids came to faith and they're like, okay, I guess we've got to come to church now. I mean, like that's, like, that's happening. And so think about legacies are changing. And so that's what we want to be about. That's, that's an expression of that yeah. and love your neighbor. Absolutely. All right, let me recap. Who are we? We're an equipping church. We're here to equip the body for the work of the ministry. What do we do? We make disciples. We talked about adult discipleship, family discipleship, reaching out into the community. Next, where are we going? Where are we going? And we've already honestly answered that question with those three areas of emphasis we just talked about. But I want to talk about it at the organizational level. You know, Eric mentioned fellowships, one church, three campuses. Um, Most of you all know I have a new role now. I'm going to be focused still here at Franklin, but also with a a role focusing on the whole and the leadership of the whole. So where are we going as an organization right now? Well, there's one word that I, I want to put on the screen for you to think about. It's the word renewal. Here's, here's, why, here's why I've really locked in on the word renewal. And as I've shared this with members of the body and elders and Eric and other pastors around fellowship, Lloyd as well, there's a resonance that we all have with this word renewal. And I think it's because of this. Renewal implies that we're not starting from scratch. We're at the 20-year mark of Fellowship Bible Church. God's done incredible things through Fellowship Bible Church. It is a great church. And yet, what we're all sensing, elders, pastors, is 20 years is an opportunity for us to ask the question, why are we here and are we laser-like focused on our purpose for being here? And we want to renew that. So much, you've already kind of heard the theme of renewal in the last 20, 30 minutes as Eric and I have been talking. This is going to become the theme for the next season of our church, renewal. Well, what will renewal look like at Fellowship Bible Church? Are things going to be different? Are we going to become a seeker-style church, this or that? No. I would say it's still going to be the same church that you've come to appreciate and come to love with, Lord willing, some renewed clarity and some renewed focus on our mission. Same church, Renewed clarity, renewed focus. So here's how we hope that God's going to, by his grace, allow us to get there in the next 12 months. This fall, we're calling it season one. We have a a tagline that we're going to be focusing with you on this fall, and it's the idea of get ready. Get ready. What will it look like for us between now and the end of 2017 to get ready for renewal? And by the way, the getting ready is the part of the renewal itself. So there's three things that we're going to do. Number one, we're going to shift our focus from the gospel of Mark to the book of Acts. Now, why would we choose Acts as our next study? Well, number one, it's a continuation of the story of Jesus. But more than that, Acts represents the beginning of the story of the church. Acts represents the first 30 to 50 years of church history. Acts gives us the DNA for what we're called to be as a church and how the Holy Spirit empowered the original core group of the church universal. So we're going to focus on the story of Acts throughout the fall. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to be renewing and refreshing our elder team. I think the last time we added new elders to the elder team was about 10 years ago. It's been a very long time. It's time to add some new elders. And we're going to be adding new elders from this body, from the Nashville campus, as well as the Brentwood campus, so that there's a better representation now that we are one church with three campuses. Several of the current elders will be rolling off the team and kind of going to an inactive status as some new elders 
come on board. I think right now we have eight current elders. We're going to shoot for about a group of 12 elders. Many of those will be new starting in uh, probably December, January. So we'll come to you in late fall and saying, here are the names of the men that we feel like God has raised up. We're going to give you an opportunity as the body to affirm and confirm and learn more information about those men before they're officially selected as elders. So you'll be hearing more about that process. Then the third thing in this season of getting ready We're going to call the congregations of Fellowship Bible Church to a time of prayer and and a time of fasting. And I'll tell you why we're going to do that. Because as we've looked through God's word, every time God by his spirit has renewed the movement that God instituted throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, all the way through, it's been a response to the people of God seeking the vision of God. So, guys, listen, in my new role as lead pastor, I don't have the vision for Fellowship Bible Church. God has the vision for Fellowship Bible Church. And it's going to be a vision in great continuity with why God started this church 20 years ago. But I do believe we need some sharpened clarity and some sharpened focus. And so we're going to seek that together. I'm not going to bring that. The elders are not going to bring that. We are going to seek it together. How are we going to do that? Through praying through fasting. So we're going to be talking more about this as we study Acts, but we're going to call you into prayer. We're going to call you into fasting. We'll probably have a a sign-up online, you know. I'll take this day to pray. I'll I'll, I'll fast for this meal or these couple of meals to be a part of this. And and we want to just do that as a group, as a church across three campuses. So what will getting ready for renewal look like? The book of Acts, refreshed elder team, a season of prayer and fasting for us as a body. Then, now after that's done, we're going to be in January, February at this point in time. Season two, we're calling the season of dreaming together. And that's going to be our season for this early, the winter and, and early spring of season two. Here's why we're talking about dreaming together. Um, I think vision is a team sport, right? Particularly for the church. God's going to give the vision to us as a body as we come on our knees together. Then we're going to be able to have some conversations in the early winter, in the spring of next year to talk about what's God calling you to? What's God calling you to? What's God calling us to as a church? And so we're going to be dreaming together. And we don't have all the details of what that's going to look like yet. It'll involve some opportunities for you to give input. It'll involve some meetings of various kinds. It'll involve some strategy conversations because that's just good organizational leadership. But it's not going to be a group of men in a back room somewhere. It's going to be us as a body dreaming together. So that'll be probably January, February through May. Now, I don't have any more details about what that'll be like yet. I can't answer that. But here's what I can tell you. I can tell you a story that I think what it's going to feel like. Uh, Jody and I have three daughters, and we have 12, 9, and 6 are their ages. And, you know, they're in a stage now, and don't tell them I said this, but, like, they're getting into a little bit of that sassiness. You know, we sort of <laughs> seeing that come out. I mean, maybe, maybe a little more than a little bit sometimes. And So Jody and I called a timeout last spring, and we said, you know, we, we think we need to have a family meeting and just kind of talk about some things. And we're like, how do we talk about these things? And we decided to start with the question, girls, what kind of family do you want to have? And to be honest with you, I don't know that that was the right question to start with because they looked at us like we're from Mars. Like, you know, what do you mean what kind of family? We're just a family, you know? And I said, all right, well, what, what do you like about the family? And they talked about some things. And what do you wish were different about our family? You talk about open yourself up, right? Raise an allowance. Yeah, yeah, more allowance. <laughs> Actually, the thing that they said was we want a dog, 
<laughs> we want a dog. So Jody and I looked at each other like, oh, man, like that would be the thing that they would say, right? And neither of us are pet people. But we said, <laughs> all right, we're, we're going to start praying ab- about that. And we're still praying about that, by the way. <laughs> but here's what emerged from this meeting. From this meeting where we allowed the girls to have some input, and of course we shaped some conversation as well, we came on the backside of that meeting with five kind of core values for our family. Mm-hmm. Now we called them rules, right? Because that just fits the age of our girls better. And we said, all right, you know, there's one for the thumb, there's one for the pointer finger. You know, we, we kind of like help, help, you know, little uh, ways to help them remember it. But I realized later, I said, you know what? What we're doing here is we're shaping our family. We're shaping our culture. These five rules we didn't invent, but we'd never been intentional about bringing it into the culture of our family. So at Fellowship, we have core values. We have a mission. But it's just time for us as an organization to revisit these things as a family and ask ourselves, what kind of family is God calling us to be? And what will it look like for us to live that out? So that's going to be that season one, get ready. Season two, dream together. And under the the banner over the whole thing is renewal. This is what we believe God's calling us to in this next year. Mm-hmm. All right, I kind of went long on that part. So we talked about who we are. We're an equipping church. What we do, make disciples. Where are we going? Renewal. Now let's talk about the fourth one. Why does it matter? Yeah, so why, why does all this matter? Now, we've given you a lot of different information to kind of think on, and, and, but we're going to be talking about this throughout the year. This isn't just like a one-time and done. So next week, JJ will talk about more specifics in family discipleship. In two weeks, I'll be talking about what are we doing for planning for our future and is, is related to facility. Um, we're not going to be in here forever, so how do we begin having those conversations? So we're going to be talking a lot about tangibles and specifics, but we, we want to end with why does this matter? Like, why are we talking about this? Why does this matter? And I, I want to kind of interact with you guys a little bit. When you think about it, if, if if you had to sum up the whole Bible, cover to cover, in one word to describe to somebody else, what is that word that you would use? Go ahead. And... What's that? Love. Restoration, redemption, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, come on. (laughs) Always the right answer. But you know what? It actually is the right answer that I wanted to say. She stole my thunder. Because like if we if we shifted that question, if we shifted that question to who is the Bible about? The answer is Jesus. From beginning to end. And so I want to give you just some taglines. If you have, some, if you have a way to take notes, I want to give you this thing that Lloyd uh, used this last week that I thought was so crystal clear in describing um, the scriptures from beginning uh, to end. So the Old Testament, the old, whole Old Testament is Jesus promised. The Gospels are Jesus revealed. The book of Acts is Jesus proclaimed. The letters, the epistles, are Jesus explained. So Jesus promised, Jesus revealed as God, man, Savior. Jesus proclaimed in Acts, the epistles, Jesus explained. And in Revelation, Jesus is glorified. So in Acts 1 and 2, you see Jesus, he leaves this earth bodily form and ascends to heaven. But he tasked his disciples who are still on earth with what? The same mission that he came for. That they would go out as the church, as his physical representation on this earth, to go and make disciples. 
So in the New Testament, when the church is talked about, how is the church talked about? We are the body of Christ. So Jesus' physical body ascends to heaven, but then in a very real way, the church remains as his body to express his mission continually right now. So when you think about, when we talked about last week, if you were here for last week, we talked about the crucifixion. We went all the way back in the garden, and in the garden, there. Adam and Eve sinned and they're exposed, right? And Jesus, God comes and he provides a covering for their sin and their shame, which foreshadows the cross that Jesus would cover our sin and shame. So from the beginning, what was God's plan A to restore and redeem us was Jesus. So when Jesus leaves the earth, what is his plan A? the church. There is no plan B. So in John 14 through 16, Jesus is with his disciples before he goes and and gives his life for us. And he says to them, it's better for you that I actually leave physically and give you the Holy Spirit than if I stayed with you. Because Jesus knew like we are going to be the church his physical representation on the earth of the redemption, the hope that there is in Jesus. And so, y'all, when we have this big A up here, we're saying very clearly that in the scriptures, it points to Jesus is the plan A. There was no plan B. And so when we think about the church, the church is God's plan A for the hope of the world through Jesus, in Jesus. And that is not changing. And so we're going to get back to what does this mean for us to be Jesus' plan A in this world as his body represented in this world. And so Rob's going to give us kind of a tangible uh, with those cards that you have. You want to take those cards. Rob's going to walk us through how do we tangibly express being God's plan A in this world. So take these cards and I want you to flip them over to the back side, the side that's blank, right? Not the side with the A on it. And let me... Let me just invite you to think about something. Eric just talked about this, this large letter A over here. And he said, you know what? All along, God's plan A was Jesus. There is no plan B. And he referenced when Jesus ascended into heaven, you know what was really happening? He was exchanging, in a way, exchanging his earthly bodily presence on earth for a different kind of bodily presence. The church. The church. So now we are that plan A, if you think about it, as the body of Christ. And there is no plan B. The, Jesus, in and through the local church, is the hope of the world. And that's just the truth. And I want you to make last shift for you mentally. Go from all the strategy and organizational vision and all these things that we're just trying to bring to you as, as leaders. And I want you now to actually realize, no, that, that's me. This is not an organizational strategy. This is a us as an organism. This is us, the living, breathing body of Christ. Every single person in your seat joined together as a part of this body. And so here's what I want you to do with these cards that you have. Uh, I'm going to just give you some categories and I want you to write down some specific names of people on the cards. People that I can't reach, people that Eric Hoffman can't reach, Lloyd Shadrach can't reach, J.J. Jones and Tim Head and all these guys can't reach these people, okay? You can Because God's put them in your world and your sphere of influence. So the first category to think about is just think about one individual who does not know Christ 
You just know they don't have a, a relationship with Christ. They're a family member of yours or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker. Just someone, anyone in your life that you say they don't know Christ. Just write down that one name. Just go ahead and do that. Take a few seconds now to write down that name. Someone who does not know Jesus. Whoever just is the first name that comes down. And, you know, if, if you're an overachiever, write down two names, three names. You know, some of you could fill a whole card with names of people that, that you have on your heart. But the next category is whether a believer or not, think about one person that's in a really hard time right now. Right? This, this can be a, a Christian brother or sister. Or it could be someone that's not a believer, but they're just going through a hard time. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a, a career hardship. Maybe a relational struggle in a marriage or with a, a kid that's, that's away from God right now. Um, anybody in your life that's just going through a hard season, write down their name as well. Next, I want to invite you to think about somebody who's in a season of grief because they've lost someone. And maybe it's been a recent loss. Maybe it's not recent, but they're still in the grief. They're still struggling. You know, grief is real, and grief hits all of us, and loss is hard. And just think about one person that God would write to your mind that's in a season of loss, a season of grief right now. Write their name down as well. Now, I I could go on, and I'm sure your mind probably has multiple people for most of these categories, but here's the idea. There's only one plan A for that hurt and struggle and hardship and lostness that's in these names and in these lives. But I want you to write one more name down on the back of this card next to these other names. I want you to write your own name. And here's why I want you to write your own name. You're not going to turn this in. This is just for you, not for us. But I want you to write your own name to remind yourself that you only have one plan A too. Jesus is your plan A. For the hardships you go through in your life, for the hurts, for the lost dreams, for the struggles, for the fact that you don't measure up to how you should measure up, all that's true. Jesus is plan A for you too. And now here's what I want you to do as you think about this. Turn the card over and I just want you to look down at that letter A and I want you to write one more name down on this card. It is the name that is above all names, the name Jesus Christ. Just write down Jesus Christ next to this big letter A on the front of your card. And and while you're writing that down, I want you to think about this. Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. He's saying, I am plan A, and through me you can have hope. And guys, we are called to steward the good news of Jesus Christ that applies to us and it applies to every name you wrote down on the back of that card because there is only one hope and it is Jesus Christ and him crucified. As Paul said in Corinthians, Paul said, I I made it a, a, a point to know nothing among you, nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why do we remember that he was crucified? Because that's the reason that we can have hope. The death and resurrection of Jesus means that we can hold up that plan A to the world and know that it is the real hope. It is the true hope. And so what we're going to do to close our service is just sing about that true hope. We're going to sing about Jesus. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason we gather. Let me ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing this song. Jesus, only Jesus, 
because he is the reason that we're here. Let's sing together. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So what does it look like for Jesus to have first place in our church? Well, we're going to double down on Jesus. We're going to double down on Jesus. That's why we've gathered. That's why we're here. So every week, we gather to worship Jesus. We're scattered to proclaim Jesus. And so this week, we have an opportunity to do that just as we do every week as we go out the doors. Let us be proclaimers of the hope, the only plan A, who is Jesus Christ. Before you go, if there's anyone here that would like to pray with someone and just share a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you. We have a team down here over to my right in this corner every single week. We'd love to know how we can pray for you. Have a great week, and we'll see you here soon. God bless.